0: What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take
1: time to chill. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Sports. From State Street and the First Midwest Bank Studio, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. WMVP Chicago, the summer of football. All you can ask for is another opportunity to play this game. It burns in me. On ESPN 1000. We don't know how many we got. I don't know how many I got. Make it count, boys. Mahomes. Flushed out again. Turning the corner. Fires downfield. Caught. Touchdown. Only Mahomes. You throw the score. You run to win. Here's Quad Buckley. And he's off to the races. The third The summer of football at eight. Oh, no. Here's a quick throw to Miller. Good throw. Touchdown! Baked to Armstrong. Run book five. Back to the end zone. Touchdown! Book! Burrow's got time. Launching for the end zone. Oh, Touchdown! Terrence Marshall. The summer of football with Jonathan Hood. Yeah, that's my dog. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
0: Indeed, it is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us here on this Wednesday night. Don't forget the baseball show airs weeknights at 6. Right after Wild and Sylvie. If you're a baseball fan, Cub fan, Sox fan, fan of baseball, I got you. Between 6 and 7. And we are brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. We're having a fun time with that show. It's our first week doing the show. And we're going to lead you right into the baseball season with the baseball show starting at six. If you're um, you going to know that we are on from six to nine, it's our new time. We have to mention that Davis, because people will be looking for us after nine o'clock and that's, when Freddie and Fitzsimmons kick in, but uh, 6 to 9, baseball show, then under the hood, starting at 7 o'clock right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Indeed, it is summer of football. We always give you something football fantasy, something NFL, uh, something gambling. You never know. In this iteration of summer football, we talked to Jalen Johnson, and so Jalen Johnson uh, is now part of the Chicago Bears. He was drafted. And as soon as the draft, uh, as soon as he was drafted out of the University of Utah by the Bears at corner with the number 33 overall pick, we got a chance to talk to Jalen Johnson. And I asked him, what's it like for him as a young player to uh, really have his dream now of being in the NFL?
2: Um, Honestly, I mean, for me, it's just a testament to God and just anything that, and everything that he can do, um, the opportunities that he can create and provide for people. um, And I was just fortunate enough to be one of those people that um, he gave me the opportunity to further my dreams and further my goals. I mean, so, I mean, for me, I feel like if it wasn't to happen or for those who haven't had their dreams come true, I wouldn't say that 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 necessarily was a bad thing. Just I feel like God has different plans um, and different purposes for different people. And maybe they didn't see um, eye to eye on that. But, I mean, for me, I was just fortunate enough to be um, one of those people that um, was blessed to be able to continue on their dreams.
0: Jalen, where would you? Where do you get your spiritual strength from? Where did it start for you?
2: I mean, honestly, it started my family. I, I mean, I grew up going to church um, and just always believing in him in that aspect. But I mean, for me, I got closer to him over the past years. Um, I mean, that was just something that I found that was very important. Uh, just building up my spiritual, my spiritual self, and not just my physical or my mental, but also being closer to him and relying on him. and I feel like that allows me to be able to be more calm and be more confident in everything that I'm doing.
0: You know, there's some, there's some dark days uh, that some people have gone through now with COVID-19, trying to figure out what's going on with their family and and their neighborhood and everything else. So, Jalen, as from your standpoint, you know, you you went through injuries. You're trying to figure out how you can get be healthy again. What was that time for you when you're going through your injuries? What was going through your mind mentally trying to get back?
2: I mean, honestly, nothing too too much. Cause, I mean, at the end not I'm not one to worry or um, become stressed in any circumstance. I mean, I just had to make do with what I could. When I couldn't get into physical therapy, I was having stuff sent to me to be able to do on my own. I had my dad creating me different things that I can use for my sh- to use for my shoulder and physical therapy, and just using certain things. I mean, people been finding a way to work out and lift weights. I mean, I just had that same attitude. Um, with my shoulder being able to do shoulder rehab and just different things like that. So, I mean, I've definitely been improvising a whole lot to be able to keep um, better in my shoulder.
0: Jalen, what was it life like for you as a high school player? What are your memories of playing high school ball?
2: Uh, I feel like for me, it kind of <laughs> it started out bad in high school. I didn't really get too many offers until late my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't really winning too much. So, I mean, everything kind of just changed after my junior year. I started um, receiving offers, um, and then my senior year we took off as a team as well, um, going to the championship. I think we went like 13-2 and two or something that year. I mean, it was just fun being around the guys, being able to win games, and just have fun and enjoy that experience um, as a kid, and then also receiving offers to be able to continue um, on in life as well after
0: high school what was that mailbox like it's something like getting that letter right to be able for, for someone to want you right for someone to, you right. are you doing is all you're doing is living right you're living you're you're in high school you're trying to get these grades you're playing on high school level knowing that you know tomorrow's not promised like at some point you're just going to keep moving and all of a sudden it's going to be your senior year and it's over so what was that mailbox like for you to be uh, uh when teams wanted you
2: <laughs> Honestly, it was fun because, I mean, for me, like, I had a, I have an older brother, Johnny Johnson. He went to UCLA, and so he went through the whole process. I mean, just seeing all his letters um, and even talking to my dad. He played at Fresno State also back in the day. So, I mean, just talking to them and being able to compete with them. I mean, me and my brother had this thing, like, we would see who get the most, like, letters. So, he collected all his <laughs> letters, and then after I collected all my letters and just being able to talk and compare letters and who has the most letters um, I mean, I've won, I won the battle, by the way, but right. <laughs> just being able to compete and enjoy that with, with my family, um, and just having their counsel and having their guidance as well through the whole process is nice.
0: Can you tell me, can you remember your final two or three choices before you settled on being a Ute?
2: I think I came down between Utah, Oklahoma, and then I'm going to say USC because I was committed to USC before I switched to
3: Utah. Wow.
0: Wow what what could have been like it's great that you're a, a youth but just to be able to be asked especially with uh storied programs like that that's pretty strong right you said what It's it's great to be be able to be asked by storied programs like you mentioned USC was one of those teams oh, as right, well right 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 yeah that's pretty that's pretty no, strong right
2: no right 100% and i feel like um honestly i was a big fan of both programs and felt like i could have added a whole lot of value um to both of those, but I feel like it just came down to where my heart told me and just what I was more comfortable with, um, and that's what led me to Utah, ultimately.
0: Jalen Johnson with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000, the newest Chicago Bear. Jalen, I'll ask you about um, the positions that you played uh, in high school into college. What, uh, you're a corner now, but what other positions did you play that you enjoyed? Uh
2: um, t- I was a receiver, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was funny because like at first, like my coach didn't want to, didn't want me to play offense. He just wanted me to focus on defense. He didn't want to risk any injury, or anything like that, on offense. But then I ended up convincing him to create me a special package. So I mean, he ended up creating a special package for me, um, being able to do quick screen games and being able to um, also take um, the top off of defense, going up top. And that was kind of my limited package that I had when I played wide receiver. But it was just fun being able to make plays on the other side of the ball.
0: You know, none of us will be able to know what that process is like when you have played your your years at Utah, and now you're going to be one of the top corners, if not the top corner, in uh, the draft. What is that process like, knowing that college is over and now you're about to get paid?
2: Oh. <clears throat> Honestly, it's just—I mean, I wouldn't say it's different, but just knowing that that was kind of my expectation and kind of my goals. Throughout my whole life, just knowing now that I can play the game I love, um, but now also being able to get paid for it, and I feel like even then that adds more pressure on to you and on to me um, as a personal, personally as a player, just because it's my first job that I've had. So I mean, I just know that I have to turn it up a notch, and it's not like I'm old or anything or like in college where you can't get cut. But now that I'm actually fighting for um, financial purpose, I'm fighting for a spot. Just be able to take care of my family. Um, so I mean, it definitely it, it feels good, but I mean, it definitely adds a different pressure to you.
0: What was the process like as far as, as the Bears concerned? Because you could have went anywhere in this draft in the first or in the here in the second round. What, um, what was did the Bears contact you? Did you know they were interested?
2: Yeah, I knew they were interested. I, they contacted me. I want to say a couple of days before the draft, and it was kind of late. And I was like thinking like. What is this phone call going to do? Like, I mean, this latest couple of days before, like, I don't think, like, I don't know. I didn't think anything of it, but now thinking that, or knowing that they drafted me, that that phone call really meant a lot. Um, so, I mean, I mean, you just never know, really, at at this point and in this game, that you never know who can pick you or what phone call was important or anything like that. I mean, you you just never know.
0: I'm glad you picked up because you could have easily just ignored that call and just, like, <laughs> I, mean, it was like I mean, a call, phone call that night, man, usually. I mean, if it's, it's a phone call at night, I mean, it's usually for one thing, but th- thankfully it was the Bears and Ryan Pace, right?
2: Right, 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it's just about God's plan and God's will, and you never know what area, what seeds he's planting for you. So, I mean, I'm just glad that I was able to um, take advantage of the opportunity. Um, and, I mean, I'm going to just roll with Everything our guys giving me. Um just continue to build.
0: You know, the history of the Bears, Jalen, has been based on strong defense. I mean, for generations, it's been about defense. Right. What, what, what do you know about the Bears coming into this now as you're going to be wearing the blue and orange?
2: <laughs> Actually, just that, the strong defense. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, it was when Brian Erlacher was there. Um, and even now, having Khalil Mack on the team, having Eddie Jackson and um, – Kyle Fuller building names for themselves and making plays consistently year in and year out. Um, I mean, it just speaks to who they are as an organization and what they take pride in in defense. I mean, for me, it's just about coming in and being able to add my name to that next great Chicago bear on defense.
0: So what it, you know, the situation is a lot different now because of the virtual reality of the draft and everyone's at a lot of different places. When are you coming to Chicago? Do you have a date?
2: No, I don't, just as soon as I as soon as soon I can, really, with everything ending.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I just want to congratulate you because you were able to live a dream. You're in yeah. the NFL. Uh, I, and let me ask you this, last thing. Yeah. Is there, Jalen, is there a little bit of a chip on your shoulder here with uh, coming into this Bears team? Not necessarily because of the Bears, but because you could have usually been in the first round. Do you, you've, is there a little bit of a chip on your shoulder like, hey, I could have been able to be a, gone a little bit sooner?
2: definitely um I mean I was just something that I was thinking about all night last night knowing that I didn't go um so I mean for me it was just like okay what is God has something different for me that I didn't that I wasn't not necessarily ready for but that wasn't meant for me um in the first day so I mean just now just knowing that those teams felt differently about me or didn't feel as high on me that I thought they did just different motivation a different spark and I mean for me I'll take that as i rather have that feel to my fire added now than, than later um, and having a different having my fire added a different way. So, I mean, I'm definitely glad that I went through it and have an organization and a team that wants me and that values me and knows what I can bring to the organization. So, I mean, I'm just about giving back to them for giving me the opportunity.
0: Jalen, all the success for you. Congratulations on being a Chicago Bear. You were able to reach your goal. and You're in the NFL and I look forward to connecting with you in the near future. Congratulations.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. This
1: is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is
3: Under the Hood.
1: Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Great conversation
0: with Jalen Johnson, newest Chicago Bear. Look forward to seeing what he can do uh, in the secondary for the Bears this upcoming season. Uh, don't forget our baseball show every night at 6 o'clock. After Waddle and Sylvie, if you're a Sox fan, Cub fan, fan of Major League Baseball, we got your baseball covered, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. So let's finish off Summer of Football with these news and notes here. For those of you that have listened to me over the years, you know that I'm a big college sports fan, college football fan, uh, college basketball fan as well. Um, love my Saturdays during the college football season, watching college football from 11 a.m. to the Hawaii games off at 2 in the morning. So I'm a big fan of college football. We have our college football show here Here on ESPN 1000, I do with um, Black and Abdallah uh, during the season before Notre Dame games. So, you know, we all like uh, college football a lot. And so here's something that is troublesome, but reality when it comes to sports and COVID-19, they intersect. So when there is a cancellation at Wrigley Field of Northwestern's game um, that they're supposed to be playing, that's a that's a red flag that's in november here we are doing the show in july and we know that you know covid-19 continues to be a storyline but when we start seeing uh, games being canceled way ahead of time that says something about covid-19 doesn't it i mean How about this story about Stanford University? A gap in resources widened by the coronavirus pandemic is leading Stanford University to cut 11 varsity sports from the school's athletic programs in 2021. The school announced this earlier today. The school says because of the costs associated with running 36 varsity sports teams, the athletics program has been carrying an economic deficit for years. So, the Cardinal sports teams to be eliminated are men's and women's fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, squash, synchronized swimming, men's volleyball and wrestling. And as Ray Blake wrote... Um, still processing, but we will keep our heads on a swivel and fight this. Stanford has made this decision with wrestling in the past. And each time the program has come back stronger. Um, and if, if a lot of people that are associated with the Stanford program are devastated that these sports are going away, but again, we're talking about financial ramifications, um, because of COVID-19. Uh, so that is a story. The other story in Princeton, New Jersey, amidst continuing health and safety concerns due to the coronavirus, the Ivy League council of presidents has set in place plans to um uh, for their fall semester with the safety and well-being of students and their highest priority Ivy League institutions are implementing campus-wide policies including restrictions on student and staff travel requirements for social distancing. So they feel like in the best interest of the school that they're going to um have no competition in the fall semester i'm reading this from adam uh, rittenberg who covers college sports college football for espn as a leadership group we have the responsibility to make decisions that are in the best interest of the students who attend our institutions and so, you it know, goes on to say that with the information available to us regarding the continued spread of the virus, we simply do not believe we can create and maintain an environment for, um, uh, for individuals. And um, boy, it just, I mean, the, the acceptable levels of risk consistent with the policies that each of our schools is adopting as part of its reopening plans this fall. So they have been able, they've shut it down. And then the Ohio State story, this coming across. Add Ohio State to the list of schools who have stopped voluntary workouts for athletes because of the coronavirus. The school uh, announced Wednesday that workouts would be on hold after the results of its latest round of coronavirus tests. Ohio state is not announcing how many people testing positive for COVID-19 and said that seven teams are affected by the workout suspension, both men's and women's basketball, field hockey, football, men's and women's soccer and women's volleyball. If a student athlete tests positive for COVID-19, he or she will self isolate for 14 days and receive daily checkups, according to the medical staff. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this is the same Ohio State that was looking to try to get you know thousands of people into the horseshoe. <laughs> like, the, like and again, this is not something where well, we now we know more information. No, there was just recently Gene Smith was talking about how to try to you know get fans back in Columbus and watching college football. These are all pipe dreams until we can find out what the other side of this uh, coronavirus is. Whether the conferences. And the heads of these conferences lie in this decision making process shouldn't they be at the forefront instead of just leaving it up to the individual institutions yeah yeah well, 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 well here's the thing like so you're saying like the, the heads of these the commissioners conferences like, like you would like to have a, a a ruler with an iron fist over all of this right yeah I mean, that's that's what you want you want your you want someone stronger than mark Emmert. Uh, to be able to say, look, you should play, you should not play. But there is no commissioner for college sports, and it really should be. We've heard these names for a long time, right? Names like uh, Condoleezza Rice. We've heard names like that. We've heard like four or five different names that would be strong to be able to preside over sports. It's it's very simple. In the South, Davis, the first ones that we're talking about, yeah, I mean, in the South and also Oklahoma State with with Gundy, all they care about is trying to get their football on the field because that's all they know. One-track mind. Dabo Sweeney, you know, it's just one-track mind. All they care about is wins. The athlete is somewhere in the second or third, maybe on that list, but the winning and the preparation for a football team and getting, the, uh, get, getting those wins and championships, that's first and foremost, and it shouldn't be. It goes back to what I said before. It go, it, it's about the athlete, it's not about me and you as sports fans. It's about the athlete. It's about the athlete's family. It's about the athlete's welfare. Without the athlete, we don't have sports. <laughs> like, I can't make it more simple than that. The, the idea that that people look at sports and just like, "Where's my sports?" I don't. This coronavirus. I mean, if they go down, next man up. I mean, that is a theory. Sure, next man up. But still, you can't have sports without athletes. So, so you want to make sure that the athletes are, are safe and can compete and not get sick or die. How about that? Um, earlier today, North Carolina announced that it suspended its workouts because 37 athletes tested positive among 429 coronavirus tests. The school did not break down the number of positive cases by the team. Well, 37 athletes had tested positive for among 429 tests. Um, North Carolina, Ohio State joined Houston, Kansas, and Kansas State among schools who have suspended workouts because of the positive Corona tests. Um, the Clemson story, too. The school uh, with the most publicly known football players that test positive for Coronavirus is Clemson. They had 37 players that have tested positive for the Coronavirus. That was a story uh, just recently about Clemson. But, Sean, you are correct. You are correct. When you say How come the heads of these conferences can't come, uh, not come together, but individually say we're shutting this down until we can get on the other side of this curve, if we can get on the other side of this curve? Um, So I agree with you. Yes, situations like this that make you think that everything is inverted and the ones with the true power are the presidents of these universities and not the commissioners. You know, I, I made the comment that you know, at some point in our lifetime, we're going to see the Power Five seed from, you know, from the rest of college football. Like they'll be their own entity. It'll be Power Five, and then everybody else they'll run their own deal. um But I mean, even if they want to do that, you still don't have someone that's presiding over this saying this is not in the best in- interest of the of the athlete. um So tell me, the, how about this from Pete Futek? I saw this earlier, and you can find a lot of this on our. Um, college twitter page at espn1000cct we've retweeted a lot of different stories it's a it's the twitter feed for chicago's college tailgate from uh black abdallah and myself Futech said this front of the program from college football news Futech says i'm a broken record but with ohio state and north carolina football now on pause today is proving my point either test quarantine, isolate and lock down all the players and coaches from the rest of the world in that leg dorm for the next four months or forget it. <laughs> I don't think that's tug and-cheek either. <laughs> He's like like you need to isolate so everyone is, is healthy and ready to go when the season starts. So there you go. Um, some thoughts from Doc Walker if you missed our interview go to the archives. Of the ESPN Chicago app. Rick Doc Walker is a former tight end for the Redskins. Broadcaster for um, the uh, the Team 980 in D.C. Friend of the program. Doc Walker was on. And I asked Doc a number of, you can hear the whole interview in our archives. But we talked, I had him on to talk about the Redskins. Because there's going to be a name change with the Washington football team. In, it seems like very short order. But I asked Doc about the owner, Dan Snyder in particular, because Dan Snyder is the one that is pulling the strings in all this. Did not want to change the Redskins name, even though the Redskins name is a racial slur. People have been talking about this for decades, and now it looks like there's going to be change in Washington. I asked Doc about Dan Snyder.
3: Dan is who he is. I mean, he doesn't say a lot, it, and he's not asked for my opinion, but if he did he's engaging the one-on-ones that I've had with him. he's fantastic. I mean, fantastic guy, a real dude who you can talk to, but he doesn't do it often. And as a result, if you don't say much, then people make their own assessments. He's had his results speak for themselves. He had one. And when you don't win and make money, it's general nature for people to resent, resent you and what you stand for. And so there's a learning curve, and there's also, you get to pick the people around you. It just has not worked out, I'm sure, the way anybody would want it to be. And maybe this is a change, you know, with Braun and Turner and Del Rio, uh, the guys that he's brought in now, because, again, you know, we took Steve Spurrier. That's an experiment, okay? Uh, but even with a guy who I think is a phenomenal coach, is Mike Shanahan, and it did not work. Uh, Joe Gibbs came back here, and again, you know, he got blood out of a rock, and got him back into a playoff position because he's <laughs> he's he's a masterpiece at what he does, and and so, but it was it was underneath his standards, because our goal was never to get to the playoffs. The goal was to win the Super Bowl, and so the program is on. You know, I look at it like it's zero twenty nine because if you don't get into big game, then you It's an offer, but because the league is so wealthy, they reward mediocrity. And so there's a lot of people with attitudes and strutting around like they've done something and really have done nothing in terms of the sport, but they can get filthy rich at it.
0: Good conversation with Doc Walker, former Redskins tight end from uh, the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Dan Snyder is the one that has to be able to pull the strings on this thing. I would have changed the name as soon as I got the ownership. That's what I would have done. Well, what's the Redskins fans going to do? Not go to the games? It's already a bad product. They shouldn't go anyway because the product is so bad. But now Ron Rivera is in place as a head coach, and that maybe things will turn around. If I know Ron Rivera, things will turn around for that franchise. But just to, I, mean, I wouldn't want to have that negativity and the ability for uh, sponsors to pull out of uh, away from my team because I'm on the wrong side. It's not about PC. It's just about being C, correct. And, and so more merchandise, money, more opportunities for me to do the right thing by changing the name. And you move forward from there. But, you know, you know, Dan Snyder, was he was fine with the name until FedEx started to pull away and other sponsors started to pull away. Now he wants to change the name. Again, not on the right side of of history. He did it because of the money that was leaving his pocket and leaving the Redskins organization. All right, coming up next, we talk NBA. We hear from Ramona Shelburne, who covers the NBA for ESPN.com. We'll get her thoughts about the NBA players in the bubble. That's next
1: on UTH. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hi, everybody. On ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
0: Turn it Uh up! Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget the podcast. If you didn't catch earlier, our thoughts on a number of topics that we had on the program, including LeBron James, the 10th anniversary of LeBron James making the decision, check out the uh, Under the Hood show tile on the ESPN Chicago app. Just click Under the Hood. You're right there. You can catch all of our shows, podcast form right there on the ESPN Chicago app. So, Ramona Shelburne uh, was on a show that I was on just recently with Clinton Yates and we talked to Ramona Shelburne um, amongst other things around the NBA because the bubble's here the the bubble's is going to be here for the NBA players to play in we asked Ramona Shelburne from espn.com uh what stood out most about the schedule that was released
4: uh Lakers Clippers on opening night what <laughs> not bad <laughs> I like I saw that on June on July 30th and I was like <laughs> Okay, on the one hand, I'm super excited about that because that's that's on, right? Like, that game is going to be good. But on the other hand, I also am a little disappointed because you know that first week of games is going to suck. Like, these are guys who haven't played in four months. Like, (laughs) they're going to be rusty. They're going to be finding their sea legs. You know, like, I I don't know if you really want to have that marquee matchup right off the bat, but whatever. I guess that's what we're doing, you know? I, I, I'm, I'm going to be really curious, guys. I know this is going to sound crazy to say this, but if I'm if I'm the Clippers, I just go right on and load manage just like I've been all season because you don't want to come right out of the gate and have people pulling hamstrings right away.
1: And, Romero, <laughs> we were actually just talking about this right right beforehand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you look at their schedule
0: and they – have it relatively easy in these last eight games Mm -hmm. of the year. So there's also a good opportunity for them to go into the postseason feeling pretty good on a bit of a roll if they want to at this point.
4: Yeah. I mean, look, Paul George just put something out on social media saying his shoulders feel the best they felt in years. He's finally healthy. Like Kawhi has had all this time to rehab and get strong. Like, I think these guys are really in good shape right now. The only thing is, like, any athlete will tell you it doesn't matter how much you train, doesn't matter how many open runs you get in, you are not the same when you have not been playing basketball for four months. You know, by the time we get to July 30th, like that is almost four months from when they played their last basketball game. So it's really important to not push yourself too hard right out of the gate. Like I think there may be some scrimmages, some five on five things early on, but it's just not the same as a real game. And. I mean, the, the last thing anybody wants to see is, like, pulled hamstrings, groin muscle, calf, those soft tissue injuries that people get, you know, when they're first getting back into it. So, I, like, I'm fascinated, like, who's going to push in that one? You know, I, I, I could see both teams kind of hanging back because I, I'm with you. Like, the Clippers have somewhat of an easy schedule. They can close. I don't think they're really in danger of losing that second spot. I don't think they can move up into the first spot with this. Mm-hmm. As, you know, fewer games than they have, unless the Lakers just went over eight, right? But um, so it's just like you might as well just use those eight games to get your legs back and get your chemistry back.
0: Based on reading the, some of the guidelines from the NBA, the hundred-page guidelines and some of the things that stood out yeah. of it, this seems like like super summer league, right? You you can go, you could be on yeah. the bench with shorts and polo shirt. And the, it's going to be <laughs> kind of like what we see in the summer league anyway. Just based on some of the guidelines we read, does it not?
4: Yeah. You know, what's going to be fun. Like, so I've been, you know, I, I tend to be a pretty positive person. Okay. I, you know, this thing that we've all been going through this year has been unprecedented. We're all, you know, like quarantined out, right? Like everybody's sick of it. Yet We got up months and months left to go, but I really think this has the opportunity to be amazing for the NBA. Like you have all those guys staying in the same hotel and I know they're not supposed to go in each other's rooms, or whatever, but they can all hang out and have lunches together outside. They can play golf together. I think you're going to see, like, it's it's the same thing that people talk about with the Olympics. You know, they, they get that incredible camaraderie because they spend all that time together. Like I really think those, you know, especially those top eight teams, can you imagine when we get to the playoffs and they're all in the same hotel competing against each other? That's going to be fun. You know, and all the new friendships that are going to be formed with, just people living so close together and so and with nothing else to go do no one else to talk to like you know i i spent a lot of time in uh nba locker rooms i don't think we'll be in locker rooms for a long time now yeah. right i don't think they're ever letting us back in until there's a vaccine or whatever right but um you know you don't see guys talking to each other that much you know they, they they're a little bit here and there but people kind of keep to themselves and they play on their phones or they listen to music or whatever there's not a lot of interaction you see, I've, I've you know I've traveled a little bit with teams where you see not really interacting all that much. Maybe there's a card game on the plane or a little bit here and there. The Warriors, a couple of years, they, they go out to team dinners. And they, they have a lot of camaraderie, but outside of those team dinners, not a ton of interaction outside of maybe golf. This is going to change that. Like this, they're they're going to be forced to hang out with each other just out of sheer boredom. I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah,
1: they're not going to have a choice but
4: to get to know each other. There's no question.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Ramona, I heard some of you yesterday on ESPN LA,
0: and uh, one of the mm-hmm. things that you talked about I thought that was uh, fascinating when you really think about it, and and again, it's it's being optimistic, and I'm okay with it because I came out of Adam Silver yesterday feeling a little bit better yeah. about things, but that the bubble itself, as skeptical as most of us might be about the concept actually yeah. it could end up being one of the safest places in america
4: yeah i i have this line that i've said to people you know around the league and you know you know sometimes you come up with a line and then all of a sudden somebody you haven't talked to repeats it back to you you're like oh that line's traveling people are taking that <laughs> material right, <laughs> <Okay. All> right. <laughs> so, so this one line that i always say to people is man i think you're more likely to die of boredom in the bubble than you are of coronavirus. You know, like, I think that place is going to be so safe. It's going to be like, if you even think about getting sick, you're going to have that ring on. that's going to let you know. (laughs) Like, like, even if you felt anything, there's going to be the world, like world-class doctors there to identify it before you ever get that high viral load. They know how to treat it, you know, better than, uh, you know, than they did obviously in March, right? I I think this is going to be really safe. I know that people are worried about, exposure levels in Orange County Florida that's where Orlando is because the you know I read this morning oh my goodness the, the positivity rate of you know when they're testing people it's like 14% in Florida today. Oh that's a lot okay that's pretty high. Do um, you know that it is it's obviously circulating in the community but uh, you know if the, if, the, if the vulnerability in the in the or the hole in the bubble is the Disney workers who live outside the bubble that come into the bubble okay? I just, I think they're going to be so well regulated. I mean, I've read that manual, the 113 pages, and I, I've, I've talked to you know even our executives, the Disney executives who are doing this, uh, and Adam, Adam Silver even name checked them on the call. That's so it's Bob Iger, Josh DeMaro who runs products. There's Roz Durant who used to work with us at ESPN. She's she's being you know she's critical in doing this. Like they, it's going to be overkill. <laughs> like it's going to be like. Way over the top security, and there's not going to be that many opportunities for players to even come face to face with workers who are coming and going. Like the closest you might come is, you know, a waitress or a sir, you know, somebody or a bus driver. But I think they're even doing things to mitigate that. I've heard, you know, they may not even have the Disney employees do that. Might be a team bus driver. They might be testing people who are anywhere near anyone in the bubble. So. I think they're going to overkill it. You know, I think they're going to just test people so often. It's going to be like brushing your teeth.
0: We were talking earlier about wild card teams. Um, Chris doesn't believe mm-hmm. in my my Miami pick. I just said that, you know, because it, here's as as Chris and I mentioned, we don't know who's going to opt out and who's going to opt in. Yeah. I just I just like Jimmy Butler leading that. Uh, that Miami team. I think that's a team on the rise. Is it? Do you have a wild card team that we could see here yeah, in this revised I NBA?
4: I got one. You're gonna you're gonna laugh at me, okay? I'm crazy for saying this. I kind of like the Raptors. <laughs> I Kind of like the sure. Raptors, man. Like this is gonna be. This is the, the, First of all, they're the defending champs, so they've all been there. They were playing really good. They had a few little. In, they had had injuries all year long, but I think they're all healthy now. Marcus saw lost a bunch of weight, like. I mean, I think they're in really good shape. Plus, I really think this is going to come down to coaching this year. Like, you don't have home court advantage. You don't have, you don't have all the, the the travel and the other things that you usually have to manage. You know, the you know so many organizations have trouble managing sleep deficits on the road and guys traveling. And as we get deeper into the playoffs, you used to manage your family and friends coming and going. It's not going to happen like this this year. It's just going to be right there, it's about who can stay the most focused, but also. Who can be um, locked in, make in-game adjustments, like who, who doesn't need the crowd in order to win? So, I I, lo- I think Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the league. I think I like Doc Rivers for that same reason. I think he's just a, a, a great coach, um, not only just mentally but strategically. So, I I kind of like the Clippers and the Raptors. Um, Although I'm sticking, officially, I am sticking with my pick of the Lakers because I picked them preseason. I picked them because I just thought they had the two best players in the league, you know, together, the best duo if we're, if we're doing that. But I, I just like how the Raptors play together. I think they know how to win together, and they've definitely been through it. So I, I think that's going to matter when we get into this.
1: If you asked Adam Silver and he gave you a truthful answer,
0: what is he most concerned he- about here in the coming weeks?
4: I think you'd be concerned about an outbreak on a team. I think you'd be concerned about six players, you know, two coaches, one, you know, four staffers who are traveling in the bubble, and they all get it. And then, then what do you do? I mean, if, you know, just what? The, the, you know, it would be awful if you had a superstar player test positive for the virus, you know, right in the middle of a key playoff series. That'd be awful. Okay, nobody would want to see. You know, I don't even want to name names because I think it's bad karma, okay? Mm. I mean, I can knock on wood or something, but let's just take a superstar in the middle of a playoff series. That guy gets it. He's out for 14 days in isolation. Um, But, you know, if you see an outbreak where there's six guys, what are you going to do? You know, what's going to happen? And, um, you know, let's say that two coaches and and the media relations guy and three trainers, I mean, that's going to be pretty rough. And I I don't – I know they have some – Contingency plans, and have some thoughts about what to do there. But um, that—that's going to be the unprecedented circumstance that he'll have to make some pretty quick decisions on. Like, I don't know if they would shut down the whole bubble. They, if they would push pause on it, like, you know, outside of you know somebody getting seriously ill, um, that's the worst case scenario.
1: This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
0: Don't forget, tomorrow will be the baseball show right here on ESPN uh, 1000, starting at 6 o'clock, brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company. Our thanks to you for listening, and our thanks to hearing from Ronald Shelburne and Elon Johnson, um, and being able to get that baseball show going, having a fun time with it. hope that you tune tune in coming up at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Don't forget, tomorrow is a throwback Thursday. We'll have that and more. Coming up on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood.
1: This is Under the Hood with
3: Jonathan Hood. On ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.